IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they serve projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. Uh, They promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website, iatsi212.com, or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I'm Matt Waterbury. I'm Scott Westby. And, uh, you know, this is a show for people uh, in the Alberta film and television community, uh, but also the screen industries in general. The media arts. Um, we got to have like a video game guest on at some point. That would be good. I, I thought we tried to... No, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. No, but Ampi has been getting into kind of... Yeah, the video games world, and... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, so so how are you? What's uh, what, how's I'm good, man. It's a beautiful day. It is, yeah. It's really yeah. nice. My eyes are only slightly bugging me. Oh, that's today. great. That's great. <laughs> uh, so what's going on in the world? Well, um, we're making a, a web series kind of thing. Yeah, yeah we're like right. we're we service producing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's our first kind of yeah. production where we're kind of manning the show yeah. um, for for some producers out of Vancouver, right? Yeah, who want to shoot here? Yeah. Um, and that's been a that's that's been a ride for you for sure. For sure. You've been yeah, you've been yeah, yeah. doing well, most yeah, of the heavy lifting I, on that. I mean, the most interesting thing I think is that um, you know, Actra for a long time has been uh, very uh, interested in working with independent producers and figuring out um, you know how to make it work on you know on a super low budget in right. in, a, in an industry that is I think somewhat unique when it comes to Canada. Um, I, I would say you could you could argue that we're a similar jurisdiction to Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Um, but you know, the rules get made in Ontario for, right. you know, for, 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 for an industry that makes sense there. Of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and so actor has been really great. And now IATSE has been, uh, creating a, a kind of a, a new agreement that can be made with, you know, as much as it's, it's interesting because yeah, there, there's Heartland and there's Fargo and right. there's Hell on Wheels and big shows happen here. Um, but the, I think what's happening now is, is those shows are being surpassed, not in budget, but in quantity by shows that are being funded by TELUS, that right. are being funded by the micro budget, uh, now Talent to Watch, or that, that have basically, you know, below $250,000 in their budget. Um, and so I think IATSE has been clever enough to realize that that's a great training ground for their members. Absolutely. Or non-members. Or, or, or permits or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to become members to work on some of the bigger shows that come yeah, in town absolutely. as well. So, um, well, I mean, you heard it on the ad earlier that they are, you know, they service yeah, productions yeah. from 100,000 yeah. to 100 million. And, and that's, that's, that's that and sweet spot. And they're not lying because uh, they, uh, they have created this, uh, they don't really have a name for it, but, but I mean, if you call them up and you say, here's my budget, um, they want to work with you. They really do. Like I, I used to think, well, you can't really work with them. And, and the union says they want to work with you, but then yeah, when, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. when they're like, oh, you know, the, the dues are your budget. Yeah. Not really, but you know what I mean, right? So, so a couple of productions in town, like Circle of Steel is one, and, and I think Mike Peterson has, has used it as well, um, ha- have been engaging with IATSE and, 
and we it seems like we kind of missed it when we did in Plainview. They they kind of just started after we shot it, and so I so I got to kind of dig into it with Tom Benz at IATSE today, and uh, learned all about you know how you, there there are a couple of things that and, and actors the same way we talk about this. If you yeah. want to be a producer, you've got to you've got to deal with some of those the, think words like fringes and and <laughs> and health and wellness and pension and. Fraternal <laughs> benefits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so that world is, um, not as scary as it seems. And, uh, and they're very reasonable. Like, Absolutely. You, like I, I always worry that, you know, I, I'm thinking like, you know, there's, there's going to be uh, a bunch of hidden fees around right. people and it's pretty simple, right? Like you, you can negotiate a pretty reasonable rate, uh, especially, you know, they know what your budget level is if you're, if you're, if you're being honest with them and, and, uh, they want to help. So the the huge upside is you can use IATSE members on your production, and you always could. Um, and and the IATSE would just say, "Yeah, we're just not. Gonna we're just not talking. About, well, yeah, it's just not sanctioned. But but yeah, go yeah. ahead and work on it. Yeah. Uh, so IATSE members can work on your production. Uh, non IATSE members can work on your production as well. Um, and if if you have people who want to become a member of of IATSE, the days they put into this production uh, count towards. Uh, their membership, and that suddenly becomes a much more attractive production. And so smart, like, yeah. like I don't like. Uh, yes, they're a sponsor, and, and yes, we like them a lot. And uh, but but you know, completely objectively, we have we have a we don't have enough crew here, right? And so this is also a, a, a recruitment tool for right. for IATSE. And so uh, what a great way to to get people on real life on set ex- training experience. Um, and then when, you know, Christopher Nolan comes to shoot the next movie and there's a crew of 200 and, and, right. you know, you know what you're doing. Uh, so, so yeah, it's very, and, cool. and not only do you know what you're doing, but I actually can vet you, right. Mm-hmm. Cause you could, you. You can have, you could have worked on hundreds of shows, and then IATSE, you know, you come knocking, you say, "But I have years of experience," and they go, "Well, we don't know this." Right, right. Right now, they know what this production. You kind of have to is. track it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like you could just be saying that, or it could be true. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so that's exciting. Um, right so we're going to be shooting that uh, in June, and um, and then a movie shortly afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah. it's so it's busy gonna be summer. A busy summer, sure. yeah. Um, and we also have uh, we've put out this call for female uh, producer trainee right. type people. Um, so we're looking forward to doing that. So that's, yeah, that's what's that's going on with us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, there's a, a volunteer opportunity for the Calgary cinema tech society for a casino. I love working casinos. It's they so are fun. fun actually. Yeah. They're I, actually I a lot of fun. You get to hang out uh, with some friends and, and, and laugh and you get free food. And there are stacks of cash. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Fat stacks. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you were in the counting room and yeah. I was in the, whatever the, the chip room yeah, is, yeah, or I was, I was giving out chips change, and, change, and yeah, I was yeah. like, I was the banker and I was like yeah. doing all the math and we had this, this bowl of elastics and I was like flinging, do you remember there was like a little door <laughs> yeah, and I was like shooting tiny through window, yeah, at yeah. you guys counting. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, Calgary Cinema Tech Society is seeking volunteers for a casino fundraiser on July 18th and 19th uh, at Elbow River Casino. Of course, like any nonprofit, they depend on charitable casino events to help fund the programming. Uh, and they need 40 volunteer shifts to be filled before they can get their funding. So uh, they need help. Uh, so they need volunteers. Um, if you volunteer, not only will you be helping them foster critical cinema culture in Calgary, you also receive a free meal, uh, snacks. Then the snacks are good. Like, it, real, like it, it is full-size chocolate fact, bars. They're so good, they lock the, the doors. <laughs> the freezer yeah, yeah, at a certain yeah, yeah. point. So. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you'll get transportation and childcare expenses covered if needed. Uh, and they, they train you while, you while you're there. I can vouch for this. I had no idea what I was doing the first time I went. Uh, and they give you all the training you need when you arrive. So you don't have to have any experience. But you do have to be above 18. And they still have six shifts to fill. 
Um, so if you're interested in signing up for a shift, please contact Kevin at programming at calgarycinema.org. Booyah. You know what we don't talk about enough? And I, you know, you guys, you got to let us know when this stuff is going on um, is, you know, when you've got an Indiegogo campaign or you've got something that you would like some support for, that's what we're here for. And so uh, we've got a, a, an Indiegogo campaign for a short film called Yard Sale. Um, seeking some funding. Um, it's a short horror film with an 80s horror vibe, uh, and it's set in the current day um, about a family a reunion outside of the city. So um, the uh, you know the producer is, says he's, he's paying crew, buying props and costume, renting locations, uh, and of course you need food and all that good stuff. So if you are interested in helping out an independent filmmaker uh, make their dream come true, check out the Indiegogo link in the show notes. Uh, again, it's called Yard Sale. And I'm sure you can find it on Indiegogo if you if you uh, look there. Um, but, you know, let us know if you've got something like this going on. We want to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got some good news from our friend Andrew Fung, a uh, friend of the show. And you should listen to his episode if you if you haven't. It's yes. probably one of the most expiring, uh, apart from this one, which you're about to hear. Anyway, uh, that <laughs> Kim's Convenience has officially been picked up for two more seasons. Woo! Season three airing uh, winter 2019 and season four coming soon. So right, cool. Yeah. So winter 2019 would be like January of like next right, year. Right, right, gotcha. Not like, yeah, anyway. So that's great. Great news for uh, for Andrew. Um, congrats. Very cool. Uh, and uh, we've got some submission results. We, 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 were, we were talking a lot about the Talent to Watch program when the deadline For sure. Coming and up. we will again next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but now we have uh, some results for the, uh, I guess, the CSIF. Um, so it's their it's their recommendation right, component. Right, yeah. So these projects haven't received funding yet, but yeah. So yeah, so if you know, uh, yeah, how it works, that the, you know they're kind of passed through phase one and and uh, not not there yet. But these are are kind of Calgary productions. Um, we should find out who the Edmonton ones are as well. Yeah, uh, if they're available. Uh, but congratulations to uh, Ted Stenson and Lewis Liskey uh, for a, a project called Events Transpiring Before, During, and After a High School Basketball Game, which is a great title. Totally. Uh, that's the feature film component. And then uh, the recommendation from CSIF for the web series component is a web series called The Plaza. And if you listen to our Late Night at the Plaza episode, you know all about Carly McTavish and her uh, team doing a really wacky and weird and awesome uh, amazing thing every yeah. month uh, at the plaza. <laughs> uh, and it's written by Lydia Adair and produced by Eric Stroppel. So congratulations to those folks. Um, Best of luck. Yeah. Hope, yeah. hope uh, you know, it, it could be a good year. We've, we've been saying this too. You know, there's, there's more projects being selected this year. Right. Um, and, uh, and I think Alberta's got a good shot this year too. So uh, hopefully both go. Uh, if you've been looking for a degree in animation and visual effects, you could not until now have found that in Alberta. What? And that's true. This is you awesome. couldn't have got a degree in it. Uh, but now Red Deer College is offering a new that is technical degree Wow! Uh, through their School of Creative Arts. It's a four-year program uh, that will allow students to develop artistic and storytelling skills while creating a personal portfolio and demo reel at an industry-accepted level. Again, it's a, de- it's a degree in animation and visual effects. Uh, and applications are open now at the link in the show notes or check out RDC, that's Red Deer College, rdc.ab.ca. If you've been looking into uh, working with the CMF, uh, especially the pre-development program, there's a change to their guidelines, um, which has actually uh, extended eligibility, uh, opened it up to a, a few more people. So uh, it revolves around um, any uh, broadcaster that has a performance envelope in the convergent program. 
Um, so now you can also apply. they can apply for pre-development. What? So they can apply for pre-development. Right. Funding? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 In the pre-development program. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, check out the sh- link in the show notes uh, for more information on that. Uh, that program opens up on May 29th and is offered on a first come first serve basis. So you've got about. <laughs> Well, when this comes out, oh, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's open now, but yeah, it un- might be until, full. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, definitely worth checking out. And CMF is something that we haven't actually dipped into very much. But no, I know it's in our future that we finally yeah I'm tackle sure. that yeah. beast. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a wild world that one. So uh, this uh, this is happening more and more. Uh, you know, a member of our community passing away. That uh, I always I always am upset about it. We've you know we've got a lot of great guests lined up. Um, but it's always sad when somebody that we didn't get to speak with and hear their story um, uh, that we miss be- them being on the podcast because RV Limatainen uh, just passed away. Uh, who was young at the age of sixty? Yeah, yeah, super young. Um, and I only happened to have a re- a super odd um, in passing kind of connection to him when I was working for Seven Twenty Four Films. There was a uh, a pilot for a series that never went to series called Borealis, um, and uh, super weird, but Jamie Paul rock who ended up uh, later producing heartland uh, was the producer on it and suffered a heart attack. And RV came in from Vancouver to, uh, to finish up the show. And I don't think they'd even started production. So he was, he was really the the producer, but um, that was the only reason that I, uh, I crossed paths with him. And um, yeah, it seemed like a really talented, smart dude. And, uh, and such a, um, so beneficial to our industry. He was Mm -hmm. the chair of the Banff uh, world media festival. He was a director of the NSI. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Wow. Yeah, he served on the Ampia's board of directors. Uh, it was two years. It was the president for two years um, for Ampia. So, uh, yeah, obviously uh, served our industry for a long time. And uh, yeah. obviously we're thankful for that. It's four decades that he was working in film. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. And recipient of the David Billington Award. Yeah. Uh, did you say that? No, I didn't say uh, that. In 1997, he got yeah. <laughs> he got that award like pretty early in his career. So, right. Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's move into this guest Yes, this guest, we, today's just, guest. we just had a chat with uh, with Majid uh, Kudmani. I, I hope I'm saying that right. He, I, he pronounced it Majid, and, the, and when he said it, I was like, oh, it's like magic, but with a D. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure if that's yeah. right, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I met I met this this guy uh, a couple of weeks back, and he he would just drop these things like, oh, yeah, I was in L.A. here, and I was like, oh, that's cool. What were you he's doing? like, oh, yeah, yeah, talent agency this and distribution that, and I'm like, what? What Ooh. is yours? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? And then, and then it turned out that he was the assistant to the director on The Mountain Between Us, huge movie with Idris Elba and, and Kate Winslet. So uh, I'm, I was like, dude, this is a crazy story, and it you're, totally and is, you're yeah. from here. Um, so we've got to get you on the podcast. So. And, and he is still here. Yeah. He's just, yeah. he's one of those kind of nomads uh, yeah. of the film industry. And, uh, that's a path that I think in an alternate universe I, I took. Um, I think I'm too scared mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do it. So, you know, it's funny because he talks about how he didn't go to film school because he's too scared. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, this is some guy with uh, some serious uh, cojones. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, for sure. yeah, really, really interesting story. Yeah, and so really good, uh, I think, useful uh, information for people who might be interested in that route, um, which is one we don't talk about very often. So here it is. It it. It's a bit meta, <laughs> but we got there. Yeah. Um, so tell us, uh, tell us your name and who you are, and and. Uh... Uh, so I'm Majid. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I was born here, uh, kind of like out on a farm in in Alberta. So um, had kind of all the experiences that went along with that. A lot of like blue collar kind of stuff. 
worked in a trades or lived in a trades home and, and stuff like that. So uh, the idea of working in film was was always a little bit alien to me. I, I think I think perhaps like everybody that that kind of is of our generation, it, it may have been like uh, I think that the film in Calgary is, has evolved a lot recently. But back when we were younger, I think like probably probably a little bit less so. So the idea of working in film was was always kind of a little bit a little bit alien. But uh, I, I kind of knew like looking back on it, I kind of knew really early on that that's what I that's really what I wanted to do. So. Yeah, there was a point at which I kind of just was like, this is, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And like, uh, initially what I did was, was just started looking for any way to get involved with it and kind of developed a knack for just cold calling. Oh, okay. Um, and ended up like, yeah, I ended up going to the DGC, like literally just walking into their office um, and did that every day for a couple weeks um, until eventually they were just like, hey, we need a PA on, on Heartland. Um, and I think that was like season two. They're on like I don't even know what they're on now. Going into like, twelve. Yeah. <laughs> my God. Oh my god. Ago, yeah. yeah, that's absolutely nuts. So there's a ten year marker for you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is. Whew. That makes me feel a little bit old. Yeah. yeah I hear you. I, well, we were graduating when they were doing I season was, one. I was PAing on Heartland yeah. in season two actually yeah. for oh, a couple what? days. Yeah, we must have missed each other. Oh my god, man. Yeah. Maybe we we're competing for the same job. <laughs> <or something. laughs> no. um, yeah, and that was that was a. Yeah, that was a hell of an experience. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it would have been like for you, but I was like, when I was there, it was it was like November or, or December or something like that. It was it was in the dead of winter, right? And yeah, as a PA, for, especially for location stuff like for for that, they would just send you out and be be like, so go lock down that road yep. that you probably won't see any cars on in the middle know. of this blizzard or and whatever. You will see them while we're rolling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The yeah. only car that will come will be like when we're at the yeah. least inopportune yeah. moment. They won't care about your stop sign. Oh no, they yeah. won't. <laughs> if you're lucky, they'll recognize that you're sentient and that's right. it. Right, right. <laughs> so, but, but like, we want to rewind even further. Like what, like what made you want to get into film in general? Like I, so I've like, I've thought about that, a lot and I genuinely cannot remember any specific moment that really kind of was just like an epiphany sort okay. of thing um I I just when I think back to being younger I just have memories of of feeling inspired by having watched watch movies and like it was always it was always this kind of crazy idea that perhaps I could I could do that one day I mean the idea of 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 going and, and doing something like that was so entirely foreign, especially like, cause I would, I ended up in, in LA. Like that is, that's a place that, that almost, it was so surreal that it almost didn't exist in my mind. Like, um, but I, I knew that I had this feeling that was just like this, this pure inspiration of, of these, of these movies that I had watched that, that just genuinely made me feel something. Um, and that is what has kept me in it. I think, despite I'm sure the experiences that everybody has, which is like, you know, there are days where you're like, why am I doing this? Like I could it be sucks, working, man. It is so, like, especially when you compare, you know, you're, you're like, Oh, I, we just had our 10 year reunion for, for say, and you know, there are a lot of people who got out of it and like yeah. own homes and yeah, families. yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, it's, it's just crazy. Like to be like, Oh, I could be working like an eight hour a day job and probably making a lot more money and and not have this like like crippling instability yeah, every yeah. like time a project is over and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, that's something I think that just that everybody just deals with. And like no matter how many times I seem to face that 
and I'm like, I like, I, I need to get out of this. Like it's, it's, it's not good for me or whatever. It always hits the bedrock of that, just that inspiration that I had as a kid. And no matter what I do, I, I can't seem to break myself away from, from that feeling, you know, um, <laughs> which for better or worse has, has kept me in it. So. Yeah. And I think you have to have that to, 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 to have the endurance that it requires. To- I, I would believe so. I mean, I've, I've encountered people that, that I think got into it for perhaps slightly different reasons and it, it leads to being bitter or, or, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I think it's a necessary thing, um, to love the craft, but yeah, really to have just been inspired by it at some point to, to really like love w- what it is, you know? Um, and I, th- I think it's okay to have ups and downs with it too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, I had a, not a great day yesterday just, <laughs> just for that same reason, just wondering like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, why am I doing this? Exactly. Yeah. I think that, I think that perhaps most important to that is not to deny that that will happen. Like, right, the exactly. Idea, yeah. yeah, the well, idea yeah. that like, I remember listening to people be like, oh, well, you have to love it. You have to love it, like, to do it. And that's true. But that that phrase in itself kind of gives the impression that like, you're going to go into work every day and be like, I love this. And <laughs> right. that is not true at all. Totally. I think it's very important to acknowledge. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot that's not fun. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like any relationship, yeah. right? Like there are, yeah. there are good parts and bad parts of, of any relationship and you have to you have to love it to get through the tough parts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There will be moments where you're like, I need, like, I don't know if I can do this or whatever. But I think, yeah, it's important to know that that will happen because, yeah, other if, if you hit an impasse like that and you're of the impression that you're always going to love every moment of it, totally. then you're oh, and you like, feel like you're doing something wrong if you're yeah, not exactly, it, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's a good, that's a good foundation. So what was, was there any thought of, you know, other than Heartland getting into the film community here when it comes to film school or? Um, I, <laughs> so that's, that kind of like links in very, very much to it in that I, I thought genuinely about about going to film school for for quite a while, and I'm I'm ashamed of my younger self now um, when I think about it and say that the reason I didn't is is primarily because I was afraid. I was afraid of the idea of going to film and like going to film school and then getting out and not being able to find a job and blah 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 blah. Um, and that kind of like led me down the path where I was like, okay, well, like I'll take this, I'll take something else in school and like maybe work on film afterwards, but like I'll have uh, degrees to, to kind of like lean Fallbacks, back on. Yeah. 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 And I, um, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> I, I would, I would redo that definitely if I, if I could. So I, um, I have a degree in, I have a bachelor of arts in political science and oh. a bachelor of commerce, um, both from U of C. Wow. Yeah. Um, although, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, everybody is always like, oh, cool. But like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it really did for me to be honest. <laughs> um, and like, even when I would tell people like, yeah, I, I, I essentially took the business degree more or less for that, for that reason. I was, I was scared. I didn't know. I mean, I was, I was pretty young and didn't know what exactly it was that I was going to do, but all throughout that process, I, I worked in some way in film. So, um, yeah. And then after I graduated, I kind of just was like, why wouldn't I just at least give this a shot? Yeah. And after having worked in it for a little while, I, I came to the, the conclusion that I was like, man, I really should have just like committed 100% to it. The more I, I have, I have a whole lot of thoughts on, on post-secondary education and the way it's, it's kind of run more so as a business really than an educational institution. But, um, yeah, I, I came to learn a lot that, uh, unless you're like becoming a doctor or, right. or a lawyer or whatever, um, 
whether or not you are successfully employed depends a little bit more so on the type of person you are rather than the degree you have. Of course, especially nowadays. Totally. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, there is no replacement for tenacity at all. Um, and that was that was a, an interesting revelation, especially especially being in business school and realizing that nobody in business school knew what they were doing and they were all there because they didn't know what else to do. Right. <laughs> um, especially after, and just a frustrating realization after having like talked to people on the outside like of of school or whatever and saying stuff to them like, I mean, um, like um, I'm thinking about working in film or doing this in film and the answer I'd always get is like, oh, like what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, whereas if they asked me that question and I said like, oh, I'm in business school, the questioning just stopped because people right. assume that you're gonna get oh, a job business. with that. That's how you, business yeah. is how you make money. <laughs> yeah, exactly, business, exactly. Of course, business. Of course. So they just assumed that I was gonna like, like have like slacks and go into like, you <laughs> yeah. know. Start in the mail room and work my yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do whatever the 80s businessmen did yeah. or, or whatever back in the day. Just make money, right? They just yeah. print it, I'm of pretty course, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's how business works. Yeah. Pork bellies <laughs> and stocks and bonds. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vertical integration. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Synergy. Consulting. Ah. <laughs> yeah, all those things. All those things in one. Um, yeah, so... Throughout kind of throughout school, um, yeah, I, I worked I worked very early on at, as a PA uh, on Heartland, and that was an interesting experience, uh, especially to the set world, um, which yeah can be <laughs> can be grueling, um, and uh, there was there was a point at which I don't even remember what exactly it was, but there was a point at which I was like, I wonder if I could go down to to LA and like do this this other kind of stuff that that doesn't primarily exist on on set cuz like i remember thinking like oh man like this this foolish notion in my head that like perhaps i could produce or direct or something like that one day and like looking around on sets and being like man like so how do i get promoted to doing that and people being like well if you keep working you could be like an ad or something like that and i was like okay there really is no clear no ladder no 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 to no, no. Kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah to above the line people uh, i came to realize to become above the line, you have to you have to work on your own stuff, yeah. you know, um, much as you guys have done. So, um, yeah, I kind of thought like, well, what is this other uh, this other part of the world? So, I I started cold calling um, production companies down in in LA, um, and that was actually easier than I than I thought. It, it still took quite a bit of work, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't totally out of the realm of possibility. Like they, they were used to having people cold calling them and asking them if they needed interns. I mean, that's right. how they usually got interns and, and all production companies down there will get interns. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I interned, uh, right after working on, um, right after working on Heartland at, uh, a company called Deline, uh, Deline Pictures, which is on the WB lot. And that was, wow. yeah, that was, uh, that's my favorite lot. <laughs> It really is. It's the best lot. Dude, it is the best lot. Yeah, it is the best lot. Yeah, screw all those other lots. Yeah. They don't know. The WB lot's know, amazing. It, it is. Yeah. Dude, it really is. Yeah. I And like, it was for, especially to be like younger and, and all of a sudden just be like, all of a sudden be there in this place that didn't like, that it didn't even exist in my mind previously. And all of a sudden I was there. Like I was. So how did you do that though? Because, um, because if you're in Nebraska or, or North Carolina, that, yeah. I get that. But how do you, there's a border in the way. Uh, a wall even yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe. yeah who metaphorically knows? speaking <laughs> well you get some shovels yeah. or a hot air balloon ah. if, if you can get a hold of it yeah um no i like it was it was weird man i kind of just like i i started calling back then i had no idea like how visas or anything like that worked um and it was a matter of like 
God, I'm trying to even remember how I did it, but I, I literally called the production company and got the got them to agree. And they were most most people down there have no concept of like what it requires for you to come down and work there. Like most of them right. just assume that well, you of can. Course. Yeah. Right. Um, and I started talking to like there are. I started calling just like various Im- like immigration lawyers, and um, there's also like there's also different companies that are set up to kind of facilitate uh, internship programs oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, in various places that that kind of do this sort of thing. They make a lot of money off of essentially telling people what just being more personable lawyers essentially right, right, right. um so did it cost you it cost you like you had it to did it okay. did cost me and like it was it was an extremely front man if if getting jobs is is hard just because it's competitive but it doesn't hold a candle to getting uh visas and their default is to say no I yeah think, exactly right? yeah. well yeah and and to be fair they're that's literally what they're trained to do yeah, they're trained to, yeah. to say no um but not to mention that even at this time, there was a political climate in that country yeah. that was not a fan of it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but I was I was lucky um, and managed to get the internship visas are, are fairly <clears throat> fairly straightforward to be able to get, um, or at least quite a bit easier because um, it's there's like a, a specific term on it, and it's it's like it's supposed to be something that's done for school or, or something okay. like that. So I actually <laughs> the first one that I did. Um, Oh, I forgot I had done this. I signed up for the UFC co-op program with the intention of only doing it to be able to link school credit to this visa. I've, I've heard of this move, and it's smart. It's, it's- uh, yeah, the co-op people I don't think were particularly happy about. <laughs> I remember talking to like the co-op woman. And she was like, she was like, so what do you want to do? Like you're you're in business or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go down and I want to like I have an internship set up with this company in LA. And she was like, uh, I guess you could do that. I don't know if it's very businessy. And I was like, listen, this is happening. So <laughs> I just need your signature. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is very businessy. <laughs> Um, so that was, that was a bit of a, of a roller coaster. I almost lost a job several times cause they like, um, like the, the lawyer was calling the company and asking them like, like ridiculous uh, questions. Like what are your earnings and stuff like uh, that? And they were like, who are you? Like literally who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but managed to squeak that in. Um, and it was, it was an unbelievable experience that you're right. That lot is, I, I love that lot. I mean, maybe it's nostalgia, but like, it's fantastic, man. Yeah. I mean, anywhere the um, Batmobile exists. Right. Tell me about it. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I, I, in the middle of the night, I'd, I'd sneak into the props area and the props wear area around the, incredible. yeah, just wear around Batman's suit. Yeah. Yeah. What? Are you, are you kidding me? Right <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Um, Wait, are you or are you not yeah. kidding about this? Iron Man suit just got stolen. I Did it actually? Yes, the original yes, 2008 yes, Iron Man yes. suit is missing. Oh my god! Yeah, he's the only one that's not CG. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't washed Adam West's suit yeah. since he wore it last. Uh, <laughs> and you would know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or would I? <laughs> um, yeah. So that was like that was a that was an inspirational experience. Like, how long were you with them? Uh, I was only there for like three and a half, four months or so. But it was awesome. Um, and a good way to get introduced to L.A. I, I was super lucky in that uh, that was a, an excellent introduction to L.A. I was living on <laughs> I was living in this like in this uh, kind of busted residence that was supposed to be torn down at uh, UCLA. So it was cheap. There were like ants crawling out of like the like out of the sockets and stuff like that. It was it was weird. Sweet. Um, yeah. But there was a whole bunch of other people that were like doing internships and like and stuff like that that were living there as well. So I made like it was it was a good experience to give kind of like a good vibe to LA right. which is great cuz LA can definitely be the type of place it's like it on paper it should be uh, like a hellhole 
yeah. it's just a vast concrete yeah, yeah. expanse but yeah. like with with fires constantly yeah, yeah. literally fires, it is yeah. hell yeah. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah so i did that um, and it can be for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um it definitely it definitely can be i i am very lucky in in kind of how i uh in kind of how i was introduced to it so um yeah so i did that came back um was still in school um and uh oh so you did that like over the summer i did yeah so that was over the summer and then i was lucky enough to be able to i I cold called i did the same thing the next summer uh with a company called donners which uh uh, which does like the X-Men movies, which was a really cool experience. Um, different, it, very interesting to see the different ways that different production companies handle stuff. Right. Um, yeah. One was a little bit more sedate, kind of like letting, just developing specific projects. And like one was like just hitting the ground with everything they possibly could. So, um, but uh, yeah, in, like after, after that initial internship, I got, I kind of, I, I don't remember how I do this either, but I started, I started cold calling um, Warner Brothers office in, Canada. They have one in, in Toronto that's responsible for marketing. And uh, man, she got on his like, just like a uh, marketing rep gig um, uh, in Alberta while I was in school, which was, which was great. I literally just, they, I went to, to free screenings of movies and stuff and got piles and piles of swag. So, so this was after the internship. Yeah. In LA. Yeah. And I worked that over the course of, of the rest of my degrees, I guess. Okay. So, so it was like between years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that was that was fantastic, man. A, a lot of fun. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like what like what businesses will give you, or like what places will let you in if you're like, hey, I have a bunch of free stuff to give away to whoever's here or right. whatever. So yeah, 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 that was a lot of fun. I bet, yeah, yeah. Um, and got to go to, to all of WB's movies for for a while. So yeah, that was super cool. Um, and. Uh, did that mean you had to like run around the city to radio stations and give passes out? Yeah, so I, I did that, and then also kind of like set up and ran events and and stuff like that. So um, every studio has a rep around here. I just I have no idea where they are anymore. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they exist and they have free stuff. So find them, <laughs> find them, and get, find that them stuff. And get their stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. Uh, and then I I had the opportunity to. Um, after that, like, I, well, eventually, I, I eventually I finished my my degrees. So, hooray! Um, Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, they're in a box somewhere. Right, I don't right. know where they are. <laughs> but the knowledge. Yeah, that, I have the knowledge. I have the knowledge. Yeah, it's in a box in your brain. Yeah, ah. <laughs> it's in my brain box. Uh, and isn't knowledge the power that we all really seek? <laughs> Ask me. Well, in- I think power is the power I really seek. <laughs> yeah, totally. Something uh, we talk about a lot on the show is, I, I mean, especially in this in this community in, in, in Alberta yeah uh, you know our, our industry is not necessarily busy enough to sustain a lot of people as as their full-time only gig um, yeah and so what's nice though is that like like I delivered pizzas recently nice so I, I brought pizzas to set I remember for, for Cowtown I was bringing I was bringing you know that was that was craft right so there's always there's usually a way that you can find something yeah. Oh, yeah. that you're doing on the side that relates to, to it totally out. yeah if so i do those degrees help you do you find that uh political sciences <laughs> i would bet more so <laughs> honestly it's 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 kind of it's kind of ridiculous but political science like the reason why i enjoyed political science was very much the same reason well it's one of the same reasons i enjoyed film was because it was it was an exploration of like of humanity right. in a way like i'd yeah. go in and, my, and like profs would like 
would like challenge you with questions like, Hey, this, like this, like country instituted this and like, and this rebel group did that or whatever. Why do you think they did that? And you'd have to like dig into like, who are these people? Right, what, right. Like what, what kind of lives have they lived and stuff like that, which I loved. And it's kind of one of the reasons why I, storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, at the very least you could write a Canadian house of cards maybe. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. Sweet. Uh, by the way, does this mean if I order pizza, can I, is it like an excuse for, <laughs> to like see, can I order you do pizza? You, do you I, still have an in yeah. with them? No, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> Nice. That's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the business degree, uh, the business degree a little bit, a little bit less. So I think I learned some lessons that were, uh, I would like to think that I learned lessons that were aside from like the course material. Cause it, I don't remember the course material at all. <laughs> right. Um, but business, but business, you re- you remembered synergy. I remembered synergy and yeah, vertical yeah. integration. Yeah. Vertical integration. If, awesome. if you guys want to vertically integrate at any point, then I'm, I will, <laughs> I will tell you all I know about <laughs> I it. We would have to stop recording. It's <laughs> a family show. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, I think the experience of university helped me, helped me to a degree. Um, uh, yeah, although it's hard not to look back and wish that I hadn't been doing uh, hadn't been doing other stuff uh, with my time sometimes. Right, sure. Um, but I mean, I guess it, it wasn't it wasn't as though it was wasted. Um, and all, all through that time, I did have the opportunity to do stuff like I started shooting um, music videos for like local rappers and and some yeah, which which led to some there were some crazy situations that that, <laughs> that that led to. I remember right. being like I was in like a basement of i can't remember where it was it was a club somewhere and it was like their their equivalent of green room and it was tupac's dj was there (laughs) okay um or maybe it was yeah something like that and i remember like i was i was really young and like holding this camera and i had no idea what i was doing and like i can't i was gonna say where did you get the this the camera skills i i actually (laughs) rented the camera from um uh m media oh okay yeah 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 they were they were fantastic man um i took their a couple of their courses and had their like their gigantic hulking Sony thing um, <laughs> that they still have there. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure. Um, awesome. Yeah. So that was, that was great. Uh, and I remember like standing there in the basement and like I was, they were, everybody was like talking and stuff like that. And I was kind of just like off, like setting up the camera or something like that. And he turned to me and he's like, he was like obviously trying to figure out who I was. And he's like, man, introduce yourself. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I, 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 uh, uh. that's hilarious. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, it was, that was a weird experience. Yeah. There was, there was some, yeah, there was some, some interesting experiences that, 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 that particular gig led me to it's times where you just like, you find yourself in a spot and you're like, wait a minute, how did how I, am I here? Yeah. how did, did I get like, literally, time, yeah. I, yeah. how did, what I is this? Yeah. How did reality, I get there? Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of portal opened and pulled me into something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, in any case, I finished my degrees and then, uh, I knew the head of, of, uh, Western distribution and entertainment one, um, through like, I can't even remember how some somebody's neighbor or something like that and i have oh. followed up and anyways um yeah he we got along pretty well and and he gave me a job just working on some like some kind of idle projects and stuff like that at, at uh, entertainment one which was which was really cool got the chance to, to uh learn some stuff about distribution and and stuff like that um and he's he's a great guy everybody in the office was was fantastic um and still doing some stuff with him now um but uh yeah i did that for about six months 
and then literally just packed all my stuff into a car and drove uh, drove to Los Angeles. Wow. Um, I'm very lucky in that I have uh, I have some some kind of like removed relatives there that I've gotten um, pretty close to because I over the course of like interning down there and stuff like that I I got to know them pretty well and they're they're beautiful people. Um, but uh, yeah, I I'm very convinced that the way I mean the way the industry pretty much globally works is like. <laughs> you pretty much just know somebody that that hands you like hands you an opportunity or something right, like right, that. And yeah. I I met somebody in a bar that literally like that I I knew from from before who had offered to to uh, like to give me a job. So I wow. got a job uh, at um, I got a job at a, an agency, uh, a talent agency. Right. Um, and that was after having gone through a whole bunch of stuff with larger agencies not being willing to to hire me because of like visa stuff. And sure. so that's fair. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, I managed to get a visa for that, and that was uh, it. Was uh, it was an interesting experience? Um, I, I learned quickly that, that being a talent agent was not exactly. I mean, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I learned that it was definitely not what I <laughs> wanted to right, do. Right. Um, yeah, it, it can be a uh, it can be a grueling atmosphere. Talent agencies are a. Uh, uh, yeah, they can they can be brutal. They they have a reputation for being for being uh, sometimes hard places to work at, especially right, if you're an right. assistant. Um, I mean, Entourage wasn't particularly far off the mark in some instances. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I did that for a while, and that that was a nice way to actually like stay in LA, and and it did teach me quite a bit about about various aspects of the industry. But uh, yeah, there is there is kind of this predo- or prevailing sort of idea that you go to work at a talent agency uh if when you're down there especially if you want to produce and it is helpful for for producing um why is that uh so it you learn a lot if you're at there's like if you're at an agency hopefully you'll you'll be able to get the chance to work on a lit desk if you want to be a producer um because that kind of like introduces a little bit more to that kind of world whereas being at a talent agency you get to know a lot of actors and stuff like that but uh for a couple different reasons you get to be a little bit more familiar with stuff like how contracts are are organized um, just the general working really of how uh, the different players interact with one another. So like how a studio will approach um, like a production company and, and whether or not the producers are the ones that approach the actors or whether or not like, um, yeah. And there's, there's so many different ways to like to, to skin the cat, you know, or that like, it, it's good to kind of see them all. I mean, any there's there's no real path to be able to getting like as you guys know to getting a movie made like if you're looking to get an actor like it's not as though you have to like like sometimes you'll go through their agent and sometimes if you know somebody that knows them you just pass them the script or if like if it's a studio and they're and they have like enough weight behind it they can they can go directly to them or or get a straight offer to them or you know whatever whatever it might be so it's interesting to see the way the interaction between all the players and if you're looking to do stuff, I mean, just generally in the industry down there, but especially producing, I think um, it helps because you learn a lot or you get a lot of contacts, essentially. Right, like right, right. you start to know different writers, different managers uh, and a lot of other a lot of different producers as well. So, yeah, um, it was it was a cool experience um, for sure. And it, yeah, giving me the opportunity to actually like be in L.A. for for and live there uh, uh, for a while was was great. Mm-hmm. Um I managed to find a whole bunch of whole bunch of really good friends down there that uh, that really made it feel a lot more like like home. Um, and it, it kind of the place sort of adopted. I'm very lucky for this. The place sort of adopted this this 
a very adventurous kind of at the forefront vibe for me, um, which made it a livable city, <laughs> which right. otherwise it might not have been. Hello, listeners. Just want to take a quick second to uh, tell you about the Calgary Film Center. Um, we talk about it a little bit on the on this episode, but I'm not sure uh, if we've gotten there yet. But uh, the Film Center is a world-class screen-based production facility facility in Calgary. It's suitably equipped and serviced so you can execute your next project with ease. They have 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages, and they also have 20,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces, and all in the same area, uh, the complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, who is Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional uh, equipment for motion pictures, televisions, digital medias, and theatrical productions. So uh, it's a wonderful uh, little space uh, down there. I shouldn't say little, it's actually pretty huge, um, and it's the best that we've got. Uh, at the Film Center, their aim is to deliver production support for local, national, international screen industry projects in a purpose-built venue designed to service uh, every individual client's specific needs. And of course, they uh, deliver programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry uh, locally. Uh, that includes the Project Lab, of course, uh, and other uh, great initiatives that they've got going. So you can find out more at calgaryfilmcenter.com. And now let's get back to our interview with Magic. Yeah, it was it was very cool to be in a place where, like, there was so much going on, especially if you're working in the industry. Um, and almost everybody that, well, a lot of people you meet there aren't actually from there. They're all people that have come from other places to pursue a dream of, of working in entertainment usually. Right. Um, and it was a very passionate atmosphere to just be around all these people that were just here to pursue something that they loved and far more supportive than I would have originally imagined having like heard all these like backstabbing right, stories like about Hollywood. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And like, I think, I think that it can be, it definitely can be. But, um, I think that, that, yeah, cutthroat might be a word that's, that's, that's being used there when the real world is, or real word is just competitive. It right. is extremely competitive because everybody works their asses off down there. Um, and that was nice as well to see that. And like, see that like working in the, in the film industry was really something that was admired for how much hard work you had to put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, more not- than business. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Businesses. I mean, that's, that's hard work. Yeah, it's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go into the office and make that money. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure I imagine myself if I would have, you know, done business, imagine myself primarily my job would have consisted of doing that thing from American psycho where we just compare cards yeah 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 right yeah, yeah. it's eggshell that's a eggshell lot of white. Yeah, eggshell white, yeah that's that's 90 percent of it really bone white yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so how so what happened after the talent agency work? um i i went through i hit one of those one of those periods that we were kind of talking about before i was like oh man like i don't know if it was it was a it was a difficult experience and like i was like oh man like i really enjoy la i'm not sure if this is kind of what i want to be doing and stuff like that and um when I left the job, it was, it's unfortunate in that, like, uh, the type of visa that I'm on, like, they're like, okay, your job's over. It's not designed, it's not like specifically right. designed for the film industry. It's not, it's not made, uh, with the idea that you might be going project to project or moving companies and stuff like that. So once you finish a job, uh, the visa expires and they're like, get out of Go the home. country. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I had to, I subletted my apartment, um, packed up my stuff and, uh, and moved to Vancouver um, on the offer of a job at a record label, oh. um, called, uh, called Monster Cat, which is like this elect, this electronic record label that is like 
it's fantastic, man. I, I love that place. Like those people are, are absolutely amazing. Um, it's a very innovative company in that they like, they do all kinds of stuff. Like, uh, they manage, <clears throat> they manage artists in a way that like not a lot of other places do, um, in that they like, they actually, they are very fair in how they pay out their artists. Whereas, uh, like major record labels sometimes are not, um, and they manage their artists pretty well. They have like a graphics department that does all that kind of stuff for them. They, uh, run events all over the world and they even like, uh, manage, um, <clears throat> Twitch gamers. Oh, in the cool. same way that like an agent would manage uh, an actor, which is really, really cool. Cause like, I mean, I wouldn't have imagined how much there's a lot of money to be oh, made yeah. in that. Like oh, it's yeah. crazy yeah. in like the weirdest ways, man. Um, so yeah, that was a great company to work for. Huh. Um, and I did music syncing with them for about six months. Um, and then like my initial contract ended and we were talking about resigning and, um, it was crazy in that all I wanted to do, I hit that bedrock of that feeling, man. And all I wanted to do was get back into film. Right. Um, and they were extremely understanding with that to the point at which I still work with them, um, oh, cool. which is great. Uh, like, cause they're always pushing to, to do all kinds of new stuff, um, in almost any area of media. Um, and, uh, I, <laughs> I packed all my stuff into my car again and started driving and, uh, Which direction? Hour, I was I was headed south <laughs> uh, at the time. <laughs> south of Vancouver, there's not much down yeah, there. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot. I was going to Portland. Ah. <laughs> yeah, the bustling metropolis of Portland. <laughs> um, and uh, three hours into the drive, I got a call from an assistant that I that I had like had drinks with at, at some point in in Vancouver, and she was like, "Hey, I have an assistant uh, to a director gig uh, on a feature that's shooting up here right now." Come do back. that. Yeah. Come back. Turn yeah, around. come back. So yeah. I literally, I turned around and uh, drove back and <laughs> like just had all my stuff in my car for like a week. Um, <laughs> and yeah, met this, uh, met this director, Hani Abu Asad, um, who, uh, who I got the job with on a feature called The Mountain Between Us, which was a Fox 2000 uh, thing uh, with Idris Elba and Kate Winslet. And that was, um, that was, uh, an inspirational experience. Another one that, that I think I'd like to think came around at the right, at the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you work, you work so many different jobs and so, so many of them, like, you know, they can go either way. Like there, there are a lot that, that can be just like harsh and demanding and like really beat you down. Um, but that one, uh, we just hit this, this really great chord of like a fantastic crew. Um, all the above the line people were really great. Like, and it, it just clicked, man. It was, it was a really great experience with, with amazing, amazing, really encouraging people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hanny, uh, the director I was working for is, is a remarkably inspirational person and, and incredibly talented. I cannot say enough cool. about how much I learned, um, from him on, like on that. Um, and yeah. An awesome movie. I, I, I watched it recently. Oh I man. Thank you. Dude. The, yeah. The cinematography yeah. in that is, is, is breathtaking. It's pretty cool. Um, and the, the reason for that is, is largely because yeah, they, uh, they made the, the decision early on and, and Hanny was a, was an advocate for this. They're like, we're going to shoot on location. Like I know it's on top of a mountain, but that's what we, we want to capture the yeah. authenticity yeah. of that. Like they were, he was all about let's capture the authenticity of the moment. So Man, there were days when like we would we would be up on on the mountain and there would like there would be just snow pounding people or whatever and they'd be like embrace it like this is yeah. like let's get let's let's use it you know which was which was great because man it could have gone the other way yeah, yeah, yeah. and like uh, I cannot say enough about the 
about like our producers and the AD team is is the best one I've ever seen. Mm. Um, like the fact that everything stayed, all the the parts kept working, and everybody was still had a smile on their face is is a credit to the fact that they were in everybody's ears all the time. Right. Um, yeah, our, our our first was was Paul Barry, who is outstanding. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was that was absolutely that was absolutely amazing. How long were you on that show? Um, so pre-production and production was only about six months. Um, and then what happened, <laughs> uh, then what happened was, was, uh, they went down for post, um, and it's a Portland. Yeah. They went to Portland for post <laughs> yeah. as one does, <laughs> which is where you were headed anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, it's just, oh man, the, all the best editors are yeah, in, Portland. in Portland. It's, yeah, it's, it's well known. I mean, I shouldn't even have to say that. No, it's just, of yeah, it's well, generally our understood. New listeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go to Portland, yeah. go there now. <laughs> um, yeah, they went down to LA to do post. And, uh, initially I'd, I'd asked Hanny if I could go with him down there, but he had an assistant that was already in LA. Uh, um, so they finished up like a, a post and then Hanny called me back and was like, Hey, uh, I really liked working with you. We finished this. Um, do you want to work remotely for me while I'm in development and stuff like that? So that's, that's, uh, well, that's not like, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it was a really interesting experience, especially to be in LA, to see kind of the other side of it other than just production, as you guys, I'm sure know, having like done stuff of your own. Um, it's easy for people like doing kind of like production to production to see the industry as, as strictly production, but yeah. being down there, like a director will be on production. Like if, if they're working like crazy and super in demand, I mean, they'll be on production maybe like once a year. Right, yeah. uh, but other than that, like it can be a couple of years in between yeah, that yeah. where like there's development and and yep. like maybe they're like, it, it's it's such a cool way to like, uh, it's such a cool art form in that like a director could be also producing something yep. or like just coming up with ideas that if they're connected enough can be like, hey, I'm just going to go pitch this to Netflix idea. or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. what? Uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, there's all that kind of stuff that occurs in the interim. Um, just like this vast expanse of like unlimited creativity, you know, the sky's the limit kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've, I've had the opportunity to like, to do, uh, like be looking over at scripts and stuff like that with, with him, which is, which is great. Cool. Um, and has afforded me the opportunity to like, to go down to LA and, and, um, like, you know, be a part of that as often as I can. So, so yeah, that's, that has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and if you'd like, I'll give you my social security number as well yeah, for sure. now and like, there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but you're here, uh, pretty regularly. I mean, this is home yeah. right now, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it's perhaps accredited to the fact that I grew up on a farm, but I, I love this place in my bones. Like right. being back out in the country is, there's no place that I feel more centered, um, which is fantastic. Um, I, I try to, to get to places like LA and Vancouver for work as often as I can, just because I, I, I suppose I'm, I tried to do a very unconventional route of, of getting into the, yeah, yeah. getting into the industry. And like, I've, <laughs> it's, it's kind of this area where I've, I've pigeonholed myself perhaps a little bit into the fact that like the jobs that I'm able to get are, are decent, but they exist in those places. Right. Um, like, for example, like when I talk to the union here or whatever, they're like, oh, well, you haven't actually like worked on set since like right. you were like 18 or whatever. And I'm <laughs> like, well, I have, but like, it's just not jobs that the union recognizes right, or right, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. Um, that being said, um, especially man, I, I cannot thank 
you guys and people like you enough for the stuff that you have done for the industry here. Uh, because coming back and, and being able to like meet people like yourselves um, who are really pushing to get uh, to get stuff that are original productions from people mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. Yeah. out yeah. is the is the step that needs to be taken yeah. to bring stuff beyond pure service work, which is great. Absolutely great. It's, it's not as though like, it's not as though everything that gets filmed, like stuff that gets filmed here, people pour themselves into. And it, it is an, it is an impression of, of the fact that we have such an incredibly skilled people here. Um, and like incredibly talented and creative people here as well. But to be able to see stuff like, uh, what you guys have, like stuff like you guys have done, like being able to, to actually see something that I know came out of the minds of people here right. is, is incredibly rewarding. And, um, I try and get back here as often as I can for, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I have this notion that perhaps one day I'd be able to leverage whatever, whatever it is that I have, like in either LA or Vancouver, um, for that kind of stuff here. Um, and also, also it's, it's a necessary part. Like we had said before, above the line people, there is no, I mean, per, producers in, in Los Angeles is, is a little bit of a, of a caveat to this, but for most above the line people, unless you're not, unless you have a portfolio of work, you, you're not going to get hired as a director. Like nobody's going to be like, Hey man, like, and throw you a towel yeah. and be like, yeah. you're in kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. So the opportunity to come back here and like work on that kind of front of, of stuff that I'm doing right. more so now than I, I, I have in the past. Cause I've been too busy doing like this other kind of, this other kind of stuff, um, with people from here is something that I've really been trying to take advantage of. Right. So yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, but what, what is your goal now? What is your, what is, um, man, I, game? I remember <laughs> after having, after having worked like when I was younger, I kind of talked myself out of doing stuff like directing just because like it can, it can be a lot on your mind, man, to like have to have to manage all that kind of stuff. And not to say that that other stuff isn't, but I was like, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll look more into producing, but especially after having worked with a director for, for a while, like, God, I like, it made me hungry for it again. So, right. I would love, I would really love to, to push more so into, into that skill. Um, I've learned, I've learned a lot of really valuable stuff about it. Um, and would love to, would love to get back more into, into practice, man. I mean, like it's crazy, like it's crazy how, yeah, just, just being able to flex the muscles. Like, even if you're just like shooting, like a, like a short in your backyard or whatever, um, it's, it's crazy how much that stuff actually just like helps you maintain, maintain it. Cause like, it's hard to, it's hard to go from like big budget production or, or even just like moderate budget production to, to production to production. I mean, yeah, all the stuff in between there, like getting funding and then post and then blah, 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 blah. It's, it can be ages in between you doing stuff. So, um, yeah, just the opportunity to do that kind of stuff is, is great in general. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Holy shit! This, yeah, <laughs> I, I told you it's a pretty interesting, it's an amazing journey. story, um, man. It's it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what is the thread that is putting this all together? Is it is it just the fact that you aren't you aren't afraid to pick up the phone and talk to somebody? Or? Um, I think that that's like that's a huge key to it. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting point because I was I was the gatekeeper at a production company right out of right out of school oh really i was the one who would get those calls yeah and i always felt really bad because there wasn't really anything to offer those people yeah even when even if they would come to us really well prepared with Mm -hmm. you know with a resume and and like a 
you know, maybe an, a mentorship uh, program that, through the CMPA or whatever it is, which is how I got that job. Uh, there wasn't really room for any anyone else. Yeah. Uh, just because of, you know, the limited the limits of, of the industry here. Mm-hmm. But L.A. is a very different game. And so. Yeah. Right. I mean, that there's there's just a lot more going on. I mean, right. the, com- the competition can be pretty extreme sometimes. But uh, yeah, I think that like the the cool kind of like the cool thing that that. Uh, that really kind of hit me, especially after I graduated university, um, was you go from this kind of like very structured, rule-oriented like environment, and all of a sudden, like you're in the world, and it's there's it's very nice to adopt this mindset that's like there is there are no rules, mm-hmm. like there's nothing to say that you can't like call anybody who you can get a hold of or whatever, yeah. um, as long as you don't like you know like. Put the, like tie them up and put them in your trunk or whatever. Sure, you're probably sure. going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, don't do that un- unless. Uh... <laughs> unless it's all part of an elaborate reality show pitch. Yeah, exactly, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, no, like it's yeah. I guess just never being afraid to be able to do that kind of stuff is is always is always advantageous. Right. And the unfortunate thing is like like you said, like you run to you run into situations where it doesn't really do anything for you. Um, most of the time, right, like 90 right. per, 99% yeah. of the time, um, I guess just never get discouraged. Um, I say that, but <laughs> we started this whole conversation about, <laughs> yeah, being yeah, discouraged. exactly. Yeah, right. It's, it's difficult for it not to happen. Um, course, yeah. I think, man, so much about working in this industry, um, and this is universal to, to everywhere. I think I've been there's, and perhaps just to life, but there's like, it's very nice to be able to adopt tools to, uh, to kind of just gain, keep perspective and like keep positive about yourself and stuff like that. Like, um, just in general, I mean, no matter whether or not like you're, you're going job to job or, or like work a really cruddy job with, with really awful people or whatever, or, or have hard, hard time getting hired or whatever. Um, it's really important to be able to like, yeah, adopt, adopt the tools and surround yourself with the right people and stuff like that to, to always, to always continue feeling good about who you are. <laughs> um, because yeah, sometimes it can sometimes it can beat you down, you know. Right, for yeah. sure, yeah. And there's a difference between being discouraged and quitting. Yeah, exactly. Right, because yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone gets discouraged, and and that's just natural. And it's it's picking yourself up and just carrying on. Totally. And that's I think I think when you talked about like the bitterness early on, I think that's the people that got discouraged and didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. man. Um. Yeah. Exactly. There's I, I've run into I've run into too many people in the industry that are that are bitter about about this romanticized idea that they had and then they got there and and they work really hard and it doesn't they still can't really seem to to push through to wherever it is that they they want to go and all of a sudden they're stuck in this job and yeah yeah i think i think the the key is just to stay self aware really mm-hmm. yeah. yeah oh uh-huh. and, and just you know Absolutely. and understanding that we're all following our own individual journeys yeah. right like we compare ourselves it's so easy to compare oh, ourselves man, to totally. other people oh man totally yeah 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 but you know, it's like it's like you talking about how you th- you think you might have wasted those years when you're getting your degrees, and I, I don't think that's the case at all. I, mean, I, I think I appreciate that. <laughs> well, even just uh, growing as a human being and an adult, exactly, and, and the maturity that comes with yeah with that experience, totally. that life experience, and that age, um, yeah, I think sets you up really well. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge that at my, all. My my profs appreciate that as well. <laughs> yeah. And pro- look at all the business that. You- <laughs> So much business. Yeah, we're just gonna call this talking business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stocks are are 
bull. <laughs> the bull. <laughs> the bull is the bull. Uh, the there's bull a bear market. in there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. The bull and the bear are doing something. Something's happening. I think over it's. There in I the think stocks. it's. Yeah. Stocks right now. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Isn't exactly. it the stock like the cup? Isn't that happening? Yeah. That's this the, season? the special Olympics of stock. The stock thing? Olympics. Is that actually a no, thing? No, that okay. should be. A thing. <laughs> I don't know why special Olympics came to mind. It should be like an the end special of the season. Olympics of the stocks. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. I'm curious what made you guys come into the industry. Is there, is there a defining moment for you guys? You don't get to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll find out somehow. <laughs> I always go to, uh, I mean, similarly, uh, just general interest. Uh, I had a great mentor in, in uh, junior high, high school named uh, Steve Ashworth, who like introduced me to cameras and, and, and acting and all sorts of stuff in that world and, and is great and, and has been on the podcast. Um, Steve Ashworth, and then hi Steve. I also I always also Classic Steve go yeah. to a movie called Big Fish. Oh, oh yeah, isn't movie. a particularly like you know it's not like Star Wars. Yes, or, it is. <laughs> it is exactly it is like Star Wars. For me, movie. it was a story about storytelling, and and it just changed my perspective about it. And, and so yeah, that, dude, that I love that movie. Yeah, man. yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, it's, it's crazy in that like the, whenever you talk to people about about I like. People sometimes will ask, like, what's your favorite movie? Or I'll ask people unfairly what their yeah. favorite movie is. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times, my, my favorite movie is is perhaps not the best movie I've ever seen. But, like, it's always something that impacted you at a, at yeah. a particular time, yeah, you know? Exactly, yeah. The right time in your life is a big big one. I'm not particularly a big um, Tim Burton fan. Mm. Uh, but but that film in particular. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, I, was, I was a big Star Wars fan growing up. But that didn't make me want to make movies until episode one. Um, and I was like 12 when it came out. So yeah. I actually did. I didn't hate Jar Jar. Nor did I. I no. Dude, I saw that movie <laughs> yeah. like 10 times. Yeah. I saw it four uh, times in theaters. I, uh, I, although by the fourth time I was like, I'm just waiting for the lightsaber fight at the end. <laughs> right. oh, that was, but, that was a defining moment yeah. in cinema, man. Yeah. That was the first time that I'd seen a movie more than once in the theaters. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I pre-ordered the DVD, which came, or VHS actually, I think it was VHS. Yeah. It came with the behind the scenes. Even on the yeah. VHS? Yeah. Oh, it came wow. like a separate, that was the whole package that you oh, got for pre-order. It was, it was its like own... this behind the scenes thing. Hmm. It, might, uh, it might have been DVD. Anyway, um. I put on that behind the scenes and and I think that was when I learned that movies were made out of order. Mm. Yeah. And um, it was Rick McCallum and George Lucas sitting in a room and just bitching about they, that they'd, they'd fucked themselves like, <laughs> with this movie. Like, they'd painted themselves into a corner and they yeah, couldn't yeah, get yeah. out of it. And, and uh, you know, it was Rick McCallum on the phone trying to get, you know, cast attached. And all, it was like, it was the shit struggle yeah. that I was like, that looks amazing. <laughs> I was like, that looks like a really fun thing that I didn't even know existed. You Dude. know, like you don't think about that stuff. And that was it for yeah. me. That was the moment where I was like, I want to do that shitty stuff. I remember, uh, I remember getting my hands on the, uh, the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes, oh, like that amazing. huge extended features thing. Yeah. I watched those probably like once a year. And yeah. I remember being like, I wasn't even too young when that, when I got a hold of those. And I remember watching those and just being like, just being, I watched them more than I watched the movies, the movies probably yeah. like, and yeah. just being riveted by like, by this experience that these people were going through, like, like just pushing day in and day out. And then eventually, and like this grueling thing, but like out of it came this, this amazing story that like yeah. you watch over and over again. I, I, I love those movies. Oh yeah. Those are my favorite death. movies. And I don't, I don't think we talk enough about our age group and the, and the time in our lives when DVD happened. Yeah, and special features happened. Yeah, oh yeah, and commentary happened. Like all of that was new, and I remember t- 
begging my dad to get a DVD player, and he was like, "It's just the same movie. Like it doesn't." And it's, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, but the quality's better because I thought that he would care about that." Um, but I wanted the behind the scenes. I wanted yeah. to see the making ofs, and uh, and it was um, oh, what was the um, alien movie with uh, the guy who did Sixth Sense? Wow, I can't remember anything. But oh, Signs, Signs, yeah, yeah. and 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 Sixth Sense, and like all of his DVDs came with. A short film that he did. Right. Did you ever see this? Yeah, they were I, terrible. I don't yeah, think so. Awful they were awful. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he he released the movie, he released a, like a short film that he did on like a shitty VHS camera with his when friends he was like a as kid. a kid. Yeah. yeah. He did like fifty short films, and uh, M Night Shyamalan, man. M. Night yeah, Shyamalan, that guy. Right, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and and that I just found that so inspiring because it was like, oh, I could, I can, and have done yeah. what exactly what he's doing. Um, and so that so that felt oh okay maybe there's a, a real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man, I can do it. Yeah. On, along along those lines, one of the things that, that like was has been really cool kind of interacting with with stuff on on a studio level is like being I, I've been lucky in that I uh, some of the positions I've worked I've had the opportunity to actually like sit in the room with these with the executives or talent or like uh the directors or producers all talking about this stuff and like it's not different than yeah anything else right, yeah right. it's just they have more money <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's and, totally true yeah. and, and it was this it's such a great point there was a producer speaking at story summit i was gonna say yeah. this this year and he said there's no difference between la yeah. and here the only difference is that if he wants to he can get tom cruise on the phone yeah like he's exactly. got his number like that's the, literally the only difference yeah yeah like the creativity here is just as good the talent is just as good the infrastructure well the infrastructure is not quite as good but um <laughs> but it could be it could be yeah, yeah. Yeah. eventually yeah. it's it's moving it's moving <laughs> yeah. it is moving yeah well yeah. that's just it it's like the, you know the will is here all all we're missing is just the maturity of a of a yeah of an established industry totally man and we'll get there yeah exactly no that was that was always an inspirational thing to like hear these people like talking about story and stuff like that and know that all of a sudden know that i could like i had ideas that i genuinely believed could could have an impact on stuff right. with like these industry professionals that have been in it for, for ages or whatever. And, and like all of a sudden I'm like, man, there's, there's no magic formula. And like, I could do this. Right. Like yeah. it's, it's right. It's hard these to are just normal people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's no secret formula. It's yeah. yeah. Um, but no, that's, that's always been, that's all, that has been a, a very significant kind of asset to be able to see the way that those, that those things work and interact and, and yeah, really interesting to all of a sudden it opens your mind uh, as to how like these blockbusters, like how stuff can can go right or how stuff can sometimes go wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Which which has been absolutely absolutely amazing. Um, I cannot cannot like cannot say the how much I, I I'm grateful for for the opportunities I've had to to be able to see the the working of that kind of stuff. Um, but. Yeah, it's no different than like than the stuff that that you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah, or you, it, and it's and it's it's it is true. It's just a matter of budget and having more and, money. Yeah, yeah, and Tom uh, Cruise, especially and Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah. Uh, so, what uh, as kind of a parting note, what would you say is your best piece of advice for people who are trying to get started here or in LA or in Vancouver? Um, I mean, I guess it, it it does depend. It does depend a little bit on the on the place. Um. Never be afraid of of not knowing exactly what direction that you want to do, but never stop like never stop just like trying to immerse yourself in it. Um, and uh, yeah, don't don't let people tell you that tell you that something is impossible, and let that kind of like 
make you believe that it's so. Um, cause I've, I've heard that a lot and found out that it isn't. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think just be open-minded to the experience. Um, would would probably be would probably be the best the best piece of advice that I, that I have and and always like continue trying to push as much as you can to like uh to pursue what it is that you want at, at the same time as just being mindful of, of yourself and and what's what's best for you um yeah i guess like i said before always being mindful of, of yourself and, mm. and and where you're at um is is a good thing because you always want to make sure that you're make sure that you're you're healthy and stuff like that yeah right. um, sure. um but yeah self-awareness is is a is a huge one and it i it strikes I, me as one of those things that you have or you don't yeah i, don't, I, don't I don't know. Know. yeah i feel like you should probably not have it as you're getting started <laughs> right, <laughs> right? Sure, like sure. If, yeah. you, if you really knew yeah. how hard it was like i think yeah. it would discourage a lot oh, of people dude, right yeah the day, right? i like i I, I feel like a lot of people get through those initial stages by just being like doe eyed and Too stuff stupid like that. to realize they yeah. shouldn't have started. Yeah. 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 That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When somebody was like, Hey man, go lock down that road in this blizzard. I'd be like, Oh my God. Yes. Thank I would God. Love to lock down this I would road. I'm so 14 about- hours. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea how about locking down that road. I am. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, where can people find out more about you or, or, or get in touch? Um, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> Not, let's You'll find him on the road between Vancouver and Portland. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. exactly. Yeah, I'll be I'll be yeah. the guy that's hedge hiking like yeah. in raggedy clothes. Oh, or I thought you'd be blocking the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I uh, I mean, I'm in and out of Calgary as often as often as I, I can be, and and love the opportunity to meet anybody here. Um, the the one of my favorite things about the the industry is the culture of uh, of just kind of like reaching out to somebody that perhaps you don't even know and just being like, hey sure, man, yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah let's go for drinks or go for a coffee or something like that. And just because you, you always have the opportunity to learn from, from anybody. I don't sure. care what your station is or who it is you're talking to. Every human has the opportunity to teach every other human something. Um, so yeah, I would always love to meet anybody here. Uh, I mean, to get in contact with me. <laughs> Social media? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'm pretty message? sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Majid Kudmani on Facebook okay. uh, in like, in several thousand miles so <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean if anybody wants to reach out to me on that and just grab a coffee around here i'd be more sweet, than delighted sweet, sweet. well and yeah and also i mean I'm, I'm sure you'll you know you've got your own projects that you're that you're pushing forward so yeah um yeah there's a, it's always good to to get to know each other and and i mean story hive is a great example of of how we all everybody gets a project going and we all vote for that project together. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, cool. So, uh, thank you for being on the show. This was great. It was my pleasure, man. It was my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for bringing me on. I, I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for doing it. All right. That was wow. a long one. That was a cool, yeah. Yeah. But, but like a, such a unique path, right? Like, yeah. Uh, um, at least as far as I'm, I'm aware, maybe I, like I said, I think it's maybe more common for people who are like, who are like, I want to work in Hollywood when you're, when you're in Kansas or Texas. Right. Like, you just move, you just jump just, on a bus yeah, and you're yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. And there are those stories where people finish high school and just pack up their car and away they go. And I mean, you know, that was always like when I was starting, like really just starting, um, I assumed that I would move there and right. when I started my career, yeah. yeah, um, you know, Spielberg would call and then I would move there and then I would be working there Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and i guess it was naive but it's not to say that um it was for me Uh, it might work perfectly well for somebody you know like uh, magic who uh, who just went and did that so 
um, yeah, it's it's really cool to hear that side of the story, which I think a lot of us think that we were at one point going to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, 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 I'm trying to say um less, <laughs> and I just started with it. Anyway, so, uh, oh, fuck, I did it again. <laughs> okay, let's get back into the news you can use. Uh, spo- oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, it's I'm going to stop. Nature. I'm going to stop We're it. I'm going to say, uh, I say, uh, and um, I've been trying to cut down on it is what it is. So the news you can use every week is brought to you by bleeding art industries. They're a fantastic group of people. And for the next three weeks of tips, bleeding art industries asked a few local directors for their top tips. Bleeding art touched on the subject of grants in an earlier podcast uh, in March. But as we know, it is really a key part of the puzzle when making a film so it's not surprising it has resurfaced again. This week's hot tip is about looking at grants from a new angle. This quote comes from producer and director Anna Cooley of Erratic Pictures. She says, in your search for funding, you're going to get lots of rejection letters. This is true. Don't be discouraged. Instead, think of grant writing as a new way to think about and develop your projects and the grant money itself as a bonus. We've had Anna on the podcast. Mm-hmm. She is a great uh, filmmaker and, and a great conversation. And that's Totally true. For sure. That's totally true. And that's kind of our thing too, right? Like we will send, we'll submit a grant and then forget totally, that we yeah, did. Yeah. Right. And then, if, you know, when we get the, the rejection letter back, we go, yeah, oh, right. We've submitted for that. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I already assumed I, I already assumed it was a no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's a healthier way to go about it. Um, but it's true. You're developing your projects during mm-hmm. when you're applying for a grant. So um, if you think or hear that grant writing is a waste of time, uh, that is false. Indeed. Indeed. So... Applications open for the LA for LA pitch sessions with the CMPA. I'm I'm this this is news to me as I'm as I'm reading. Oh, okay, sweet. So I don't know anything about this, but it sounds cool. That's the that's the headline. This does sound cool. That's the headline. The CMPA LA pitch sessions. We're doing this. Well, maybe exactly. Know. I'm like, whoa, this is okay. Along with the Canadian consulate in Los Angeles and several partner organizations, including Alberta Film, they're holding a series of pre-sale pitch sessions in Los Angeles from Aug 21 to 23. As many as 10 established Canadian independent producers will be invited to pitch to major executives and to take part in a pitching... You changed something oh, sorry. In, a, <laughs> pitching. in a pitching feedback session. Uh, we use a Google Doc, so you, right. uh, sorry. So I, I changed I, the I, line I totally to where I, and I totally lost where I was. Uh, you're the worst ever. I um, am. Uh, so this sounds cool. This is like... Uh, but only 10. That's a, that's a tall order. Uh, Canadian producers going down to pitch one-on-one sessions uh and it's from around canada too yeah but i mean alberta film is part of it alberta alberta is part of canada as Uh, well (laughs) but you're right i mean is alberta uh, film how involved is alberta film it says it's a it's a partner organization in the in the pitch in this whole right right so So i mean maybe that's yeah maybe that gives uh, gives alberta a little bit of an edge um uh so it looks like there's gonna be financial assistance for travel and and accommodation costs um, uh, so check out the link in the show notes. Um, could be a really cool opportunity for. So yeah, it seems like if you are a CMPA member, that those that grant is available to you for financial assistance. Oh right, yeah. But non CMPA uh, members will only be eligible to receive provincial funding support. Okay, so, so you, even if you're not a, not a CMPA member, you can apply. You just can't necessarily get that the right. CMPA's money, but your your province might have some money for you for yeah. travel and accommodation. And that's Alberta Film. Yeah, which maybe they do. Yeah, I think they've. I would hope they do. Yeah. Have they helped us with that in the past? We've not not specifically that. But. Not specifically travel, no. But uh, Ampia did. Ampia sent me to Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the CSIF uh, has a call open for the New Voices Production and Mentorship Program. We talked about this at length previously, so we'll keep it short. 
but it is a program that aims to provide local indigenous and non-indigenous youth ages 14 to 18 with the opportunity to learn and create works of art on super eight film. That's real celluloid film on a full scholarship that includes equipment access and food. Uh, this happens uh, over quite a, a long timeline from May 31st, 2018 to March 7th to 9th, 2019, where the, the work that you make is screened. So it's kind of over a year, uh, obviously not a full-time thing that you're working on it um, and you're getting mentorship. And it's fully paid for. This is a free workshop. It is a great way to, to get it's your hands amazing, yeah. uh, onto some celluloid film and make a real film. It's uh, not easy to get a film made for free. For so. free, absolutely not. Especially one shot on celluloid, which is a really cool medium to work with. Uh, so um, I'm going to say um, some more. Uh, check out csaf.org slash job calls uh, and you can find out more about this. It's a great, it's a great opportunity for uh, a youth in your life. Yeah, uh, so also uh, happening right now, if you have a film, a completed film, uh, you should apply, you should submit it to the Edmonton International Film Festival. Deadline for that is June 1st, and if you're an Alberta filmmaker, you get special treatment (gasps) when it comes to pricing as you submit, so check that out. Calgary International Film Festival is the same, same. uh, Regular deadline's coming up on June 1st, and their late deadline is June 14th. All filmmakers will be notified by August 15th for that one. So uh, yeah, get that finished film into those festivals. This is cool. Uh, opportunity for women directors. Um, and this is, I think, the second time this has happened. So yeah, this nice, rings a bell. Yeah, it's nice to see it back. Um, this is the Academy of C- uh, Canadian Cinema and Television um, accepting ap- applications for the second annual Academy Apprenticeship for Women Directors, uh, which happens, um, uh, I guess, applications opened on the 18th of May and closed June 15th. Uh, so if you are a female content creator, this is for you, um, and uh, you should get on it because you. I, I know that you need some good uh, reference letters, and that can be the thing. Right. You know, sometimes can you pound out a sure, an sure overnight? Yes, the, the day before, sure. But that's on you. Like but that's your t- own timeline. Yeah, but yeah. it's tough to get the applica- uh, the the letters of reference um, while you're saying like, "Hey, this is due at six a.m. Can you uh, right? Can you say how awesome, right how now? how on the ball I am? And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can yeah, you talk sign about this. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it sounds super awesome. You you got to go to TIFF, and, uh, yeah, what a great experience. So check out more information in the show notes. Um, And, uh, yeah, good luck to Alberta. I want to see a lot of applications from Alberta female directors. Uh, We talked last week with Vicky about AMAS Mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit, and their AGM is coming up. Right. And it's an important opportunity for the society to report to the membership and for the members to ask questions and play an active role in the organization. So they will be hosting Bonnie Thompson, who's recently retired from the National Film Board, as a guest speaker, uh, and a brunch, which will be followed by the business of the AGM. Then a short social gathering to celebrate the year uh, that has passed and the year coming up. Of course, they'll be welcoming new board members, like most AGMs, and saying farewell to those who have stepped down or completed their term. Seating is limited, and it will be broadcast live on Facebook Live. Oh, that's That's cool. cool. Yeah, so this is happening Saturday, June 9th, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Edmonton at the CKUA Performing Arts Space. 9804 Jasper Avenue. So, uh, or I guess it's, it's, if it's limited seating, you should RSVP, but there's a link to the show notes to find out more information and uh, go to that. Banff World Media Festival coming up June 10th to 13th. If you haven't uh, already registered, you can do so for 1695 Holy very, shit. very economical dollars. Uh, but if you are an Ampia member, uh, you can get a reduced rate of 1295 um, for with the, using the code BAMFAMPIA18, all caps. So that alone pays for your Ampia membership exactly. for the year. <laughs> uh, 
I was talking to to another filmmaker about Banff. Oh yeah. Earlier this week. Yeah. And he'd never been before. Yeah. And he was going for the first time because he got um he was a story hive or he, was, right. he won one of the, he won a Rosie so he threw Ampia gets a free oh cool pass and he said is it is it worth it when you actually pay the money. <laughs> Don't and ask I, that question. Don't. I, my answer to him was $1,300. That's a discount rate is a really tough pill to swallow. Yeah. But, and it's, if it's two of us, like you and I, that's 2,600 bucks for the both of us to go plus hotel plus yeah. food. We're three grand in. Yeah, for sure. And I said, it's every year it's difficult for us, but we always drive away going, thank God we went. Yeah, for sure. And and you can make it more worthwhile for yourself if right. you do your research. You really got to, yeah. And come to the table with, with, come to those pitches with what they're looking for, which is series. Right? Which is, yeah, totally. I mean, we went there with a feature one year, um, which was stupid. <laughs> but it was fun. It, it was good. And it was a good learning experience. But also, you cannot deny the importance of a face to face meeting with someone. For sure. Period. For sure. And, and this yeah. is the only time of the year that the industry is here. Yeah. That they come here, so you gotta you, you gotta take advantage of that. So if you're if you're going to Banff and you're buying a ticket, and you're saying, "Well, I'm going to go see the panels," um, the panels are great, but I think you're missing the plot. Yeah, it is about the people that are here, sure, and so sure. uh, don't be afraid to cold cold email them. That's how we mm-hmm. got of all of our meetings, yep. right? Saying, yep. "Hey, you're here, we're here, uh, let's have coffee." And for the most part, you know, people are willing to sit down with you unless their schedules are booked. Like they're here to have meetings too, right? So they're here to meet. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to, you know, pull, imagine, and just cold call people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and sit down with them because that is what's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And while you're there, you can meet Chinese film industry delegates. Oh. Yeah. So Ampia, the government of Alberta, and Calgary Economic Development are offering exclusive opportunities to network with representatives from the Guangdong Motion Picture Industry Association. You can sign up for B2B meetings in Calgary, which is happening on Saturday, June 9th. That's the first day of Banff uh, or second. The delegation will also be taking select meetings at the Banff World Media Festival on June 11th. There we go. Uh, Translation will be provided and capacity is limited for both sessions. So you can contact info at ampia.org for more information and to sign up now. So if you project that's great for uh, the Chinese market or for a Chinese co-production, definitely reach out and uh, get the ball rolling on that because that is again something that probably an opportunity like that probably won't come around until next year if at all so the iron is hot folks mm-hmm. strike mm-hmm. time to strike <laughs> <laughs> uh so we're on to uh upcoming upcoming screenings right now um and i'm just reading about this cool project called deep website that is happening at sled island on saturday june 23rd at 6 20 p.m at the studio bell performance hall uh, and this sounds super cool. It's a live multi-channel video and musical performance by Craig Fanner and Matthew Waddell. Uh, and uh, it's it like, yeah, it sounds like it's incorporating like 3D and music and uh, all sorts of cool stuff. So, I mean, we just had a media uh, programming director, Vicky, on last week. And um, this is an example of the stuff that, you know, and media members make. Right, the media art stuff, um, yeah. Something that's, like, kind of different and experimental and out there and uses a, a bunch of different formats. So, um, yeah, what a great example of, uh, of uh, what they do, uh, what some of their members do. So uh, it is happening with, uh, with M Media, but also with Sled Island. So check out Sled Island's uh, lineup for more information, or you can click the show notes uh, for more info on that as well. Upcoming workshops and classes in Edmonton, there is a Super 8 Challenge. Matt, you've actually done this. I did it. So yeah, tell me yeah. about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it was, it's been more than 10 years, I'm sure, uh, since, I, since I did it. But yeah, it was, it was super cool. They give you two rolls of film and they cover the cost. Well, you cover the cost of processing, but 65 bucks 
uh, or 75 for non-members, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, Certainly. Yeah. For your rolls of film, the camera, the processing. Um, and then uh, you just go shoot a film uh, on Super 8. It's in-camera edited, which is cool. Right, you get only one roll and you shoot it. Oh, you only get one? Yeah, I you, get, you get two. Well, oh, okay. with this, maybe it's changed now, but you get one roll of Super 8 film, okay. only one, it's a challenge, and that you have that's all you have. Yeah, yeah. And there's no so editing that's after part that? of the Yeah, that's why it's called the challenge. All right, so you try to get it all. You <laughs> yeah. got one take at everything. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, I had, I had a blast. Uh, I think I told the story about it last time, but it is super fun and you get to go have a party afterwards yeah, and for watch sure. everybody's films. So that's happening on May 30th from 6.30 PM to 9.30 PM and your film is due on July 16th. So you got a little bit of time to work on it, uh, but still only the one roll of film, which you got to be super careful with. We did that at Saint too. We, we had a project. Yeah, that's right. That was, that was a, that was a one of the first projects I yeah. think we, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we did, we did mine that I was directing <laughs> and we got halfway through. I was reminded. And, of this, uh, yeah. I was, I was alerted to the fact that, uh, <laughs> the, 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 my teammate who was responsible for running the camera forgot to put the film in. I just love the moment where you're like, Oh, I wonder how much film we have left, which we, is a classic Westby thing. It's okay. Time to check in. How much, how much well, film anybody, we have left? Right? Yeah, yeah. How much film like, do we have what's left? What's the resources? What's it? Zero. We got? Oh no. Did we burn it all? <laughs> Zero film. Wait, what? <laughs> was I there? I feel so, I feel so like it was I a know visceral experience. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've, it's, I don't it, think I was there, but I can't, I don't think we were on this. That was first. No. Year yeah. We yeah. couldn't have been, Yeah. man. Anyway, so load the camera pro tip. Number one, make sure the I film is it. in there before you start shooting. Unreal. Uh, so we've been talking a little bit about ATB uh, lately, and they are doing a workshop for Ampia members. ATB's branch for arts and culture is hosting a workshop for Ampia members Saturday, June 2nd at their new location in Calgary, focusing on how the branch can help filmmakers get their projects off the ground, uh, which is very cool. The, you know, We know that there have been a few filmmakers who have employed uh, ATB ser- services uh, for a gap financing, which is a you know a big challenge Bridge for finance. yes. My, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody said that back to me recently. They were scorgy, like, I think. I, yeah, yeah, it was a scorgy. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. We don't say that. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's it's free admission. It's happening. Um, oh, and look at that. It, Dylan yeah. Pierce is on the on the panel. Uh, probably talking about his experience working uh, with ATB on this this um, very cool thing that they're doing. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, StoryHive filmmakers, for example, getting a chunk of money that is like 100K that's, um, you know, that's a tough thing. You don't get you don't get it all up front, yeah. which is fair, but you've got to find a way to, to put in, not to mention that your Alberta money is something. Right, if you're tapping into the Alberta Media so. Fund, you have to wait um, to get that money. So you got you got to get some sort of bridge loan. So ATB seems to be filling this, this very much needed role of someone who's willing to come in at a, you know, what would what a larger bank like a uh, national bank or BMO might not consider doing as far as a, a well, very I was, small loan. Yeah, I was specifically told no yeah. when, I, when I went to get yeah, one for plain I mean, And you know, they're, they're interested in, you know, the fees on your, on, exactly. on your big loan is going to be, well, uh, they said the legal fees on your $75,000 loan would be $20,000 <laughs> just to get the loan going. It's like, okay, I'll talk to someone else. Thanks. Yeah. So this is happening on June Saturday, June second, from two to four p.m. Uh, at a, uh, at ATB, and I guess that's is that yeah, it's downtown one hundred two Eighth Ave Southwest. You must register in advance. Aha! So to learn more and sign up, contact Michelle Gaze Leader at Michelle Gaze, which is um, Michelle E L L E Gaze G A Y S E at gmail dot com. Hmm. Uh, it's your go. It's my go. This is a regular workshop that the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers hosts. Uh, it is the shooting with the Scarlet Workshop. It is a prerequisite 
to rent this the red scarlet from the CSIF. So if you're planning on renting it in the future, uh, take this workshop. You'll also get a chance to meet the instructor, Aaron Bernakovich, who knows more about red cameras than I think anybody uh, in the province. This is happening also on Saturday, June 2nd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's $120 for members, $160 for non-members. And the deadline to register is coming right up May 28th. So do that. Cool. Dang. Take that workshop. Another workshop happening is the intro to color grading with DaVinci Resolve happening at Fava in Edmonton. Uh, June 9 and, tw- and 10 uh, from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, instructed by Brendan Rathbone. That's cool. <gasps> he colored our movie. Yeah, that's right. He's the man. And he just did uh, this workshop in Calgary at the CSIF. And I saw photos. Looked like there was a lot of people interested. I'm sure there are. It is quite a cool skill it's to a, have. It's a magic skill. Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, check that out. That is, uh, you can call 780-429-1671 to register. Uh, and you can check out the link in the show notes for more information as well. It's 90 bucks uh, for the two days. Oh, and only open to FABA members. What's shooting? Uh, Tin Star Season 2 is, has gone to camera. Yes. And they have been for some time. Yes. Abracadavers, I think they're still shooting. I just they saw something different. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then coming up is a, is a wrestling web series called Paper Champions mm. uh, that will be shooting in June, which is exciting. Uh, so on to job calls. There is a, an opportunity for a summer student uh, with the Kelly Brothers uh, production company. Those are the uh, nicest people. They're super nice, yeah. And they're looking for a motivated superstar for an eight-week um, uh, kind of placement, I guess, to, to work on all facets of production, from post-production, uh, uh, on all facets of production and post-production, I'm sorry, uh, in our fast-moving studio, they say. So um, check out the link in the show notes for more information. This is, uh, this is a cool opportunity for uh, somebody uh, looking to break in. For show. There's also an editor practicum opportunity at the BAMP Center oh. where you can work and learn through exposure to a wide range of post-production projects under supervision by and mentorship from BAMP Center staff and faculty and through collaboration with other practicum participants and project-related artists. So they had a video call or they had a call out for a videographer earlier, didn't they? That we, that we to- yeah, the well, they do. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was pretty recently, actually. Yeah. yeah they, so every year there's, there's this practicum. This might be a complimentary position. It must be, yeah. Uh, the editor position. Uh, the primary tools of focus will be Avid media composer and symphony editing applications, along with some time spent in Adobe Photoshop and After Effects for the creation of graphics. Um, lots to say about that, but you should apply um, if you have a combination of formal training with a minimum of one year of professional experience in video editing using current, up to date, non linear editing tools. The deadline to apply is May 30th. The practicum runs from July 2nd, 2018 to June 28th, 2019. And you can find out more at bampcenter.ca. And there is also an opportunity for uh, the editor-in-chief of Luma, the quarterly online magazine produced by M Media and CSIF as a partnership. They are looking for someone to be the editor-in-chief and work on a part-time basis to help develop and grow that uh, wonderful publication. It is a, uh, you know, only four, four issues a year, I should say. Um, and uh, they do provide an honorarium of $1,000 per issue. Um, deadline to apply to this opportunity is June 1st, and you'd be starting as early as August 15th. So uh, check out the link in the show notes for more information on that. The Calgary International Film Festival is currently hiring an artistic director, and uh, this is a serious job. Heavy duty. Heavy duty. Like sure. They ain't messing around here. This yeah. is the person who will work closely with the executive director, lead in setting the artistic vision of the Calgary National Film Festival with strong, inspirational, and high-profile leadership. So it's like, 
you're kind of like the right hand man, like you're doing everything. Um, you have to have a ton of, of experience, um, and skills. And I mean, there's, you know, we could talk for 20 minutes about this job in particular. Yeah. If, if someone is placed in this position because someone they know, or they themselves heard it on the Alberta filmmakers <laughs> podcast, we're, we're going out for dinner. <laughs> This is pretty serious stuff. For sure. It'd be amazing. So uh, you can submit your application by emailing your cover letter and resume no later than Monday, June 11th to calgaryfilm at searchlightcanada.com. There is also an opportunity for a programmer uh, at the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival. Uh, This is a contract position happening from June to October uh, with a fee for that contract of $7,500 and a deadline for submission of June 1st. So th- they're seeking applications for in- from interested in- individuals uh, to join the programming team for the 2018 Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival in uh, advance of the festival. Programmers are collectively required to view all submitted film and video audio works selected uh, so- and select works for public presentation on a consensual basis. Uh, contribute to building the annual festival programming schedule and contribute equally to writing programming notes. Um, I'm trying to see if this is, is this a Calgary thing or is it like a? I I don't think so. It's a 416 area code. Yeah. Imaginative strongly encourages applications from indigenous individuals, particularly those in regions outside of Ontario, but within Canada. Okay. So they're looking for people who, so I I would think you can do this remotely, right? You're watching a program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So maybe it's something that uh, obviously ask the question, um, but, uh, but it could be a great opportunity for an indigenous filmmaker who, uh, could be part of the programming team at uh, Imaginative. The film, the film festival is pretty well known in Ontario, of course, uh, yeah, and in Calgary. I feel uh, like. Yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, and happens in Ontario. Oh, yeah. oh I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, if you're interested in applying, or if you have any questions, you want to contact Jason Ryle at J Ryle. That's J R Y L E at Imaginative.org, or just call four one six five eight five two three three three. Whew, that's a lot of job calls. Big episode, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just just brief recommendations then. Do you have one ready? Nope. Okay. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll ramble then. I'll, I'll keep mine less than right. brief. Um, I had a great meeting with Kevin Dory, our screenwriter, last week. Um, just to just to take another pass on the script, and I you know I had a few bigger things that I wanted to talk about, and we started with theme. And, you know, when you're making a movie or any sort of creative project, you have the advantage of being able to focus specifically on one aspect of it at a time, mm-hmm. right? So it's like you can focus just on character. You can focus just on this sequence. Right, right. You don't have to think of it holistically. So we just said, let's just talk about the theme. I don't want to talk about the characters or the story. Um, what is this movie about? And what does this mean to you? And what are we trying to say? And that, that was a long conversation, mm-hmm. at least an hour and a half to two hours, just talking about that. And we were, what's interesting was we were pretty much on the same page, but I think I can't speak for Kevin, but, but I was having difficulty, um, in expressing specifically, like I knew, I knew what the theme was. I knew that a single word, which was control. And I was like, but what exactly, you know, is each character saying about, about this? And, and if we could, you know, we have to distill it into a single really strong sentence. What is this character? You know, how are they? how is our story about control with this character? And it was amazing um, how we were able to focus motivation and focus the story once we had this kind of guiding star, which was our theme. So um, yeah, I would, I would, I I think I would take a second if you're writing something 
to step away from it and just really think about the theme. And, and usually that's a word or two, but then you got to go deeper than that. You got to say, what, ex- what specifically am I saying about this? And, and you know, what, it's an exploration of this and what, what am I, and you don't have to have an answer or you can just ask a question, but it's, it's an exploration of, you know, what it means to be human. That's what all storytelling is. So that was super helpful. Super helpful. So I'm really excited for the next draft. I think it's going to be a lot uh, more focused. And I think character motivation is going to be a lot more clear because we understand why their motivations right, are the way right. that they are. So cool. theme is my recommendation. Interesting. Interesting. It, I, it's the it's the most nebulous, uh, it, it, challenging thing. I mean, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's and it's kind of the first question is like, well, what is it? What do you about? want to say? What, yeah. What do you well, want to say with this? Film? And that's a good point because it's like, what is it about? It's not really about that. But it's like, yeah, what do you want to say is, yeah, is a better yeah. way to, to think about yeah. it. It's like, oh, I used to be the guy who was like, oh, I don't have, I don't want to have to say right, yeah. everything with my movies, <laughs> yeah. but it's like all like blockbuster movies, you know, or entertaining product. Like I want to make, they all have themes and absolutely. they, you know, and, absolutely. and they're the movies that you walk away still thinking about. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's interesting before you arrived, Majid showed up earlier and we were talking about Star Trek and, right. and how amazing, you know, kind of growing up with the next generation was because because I think Roddenberry had taken, and and even the previous series had taken the idea of let me put what's happening in the world through a lens, right? And and then say something different every right. episode, right? Like, yeah, like that's that's what's interesting about series is you get to change your theme if right. you want, totally. Well, and you can have it's it's a lot easier to have sub themes because you can have right. one larger one, absolutely, and absolutely. then each episode can deal with something separate for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so I'm gonna from 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 a very deep and in depth. Right. Great, great topic recommendation. I'm going to recommend D box seats. At no, <laughs> really? D box? I've only done it once. Okay. Okay. You, you, tell, tell me. T- well, it's the moving. It's the moving ones. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. If you don't know the the there, so I can't like it's fascinating to me that uh, that there is someone somewhere and we should find them and put them on this podcast. But there's someone who programs that who sits shit. there yes. and watch the movie and and figures out okay, so the spaceship is moving in this way, so I'm going to go at this intensity and oh, someone got punched in the face and I'm going to react to that. Uh, it it's, is it is an art form. Like you're totally yeah. you're, and that's part of why I didn't like it was I was so distracted by thinking about right, being right. in that person's yes. head. Yeah. While it was high, it was Force Awakens. I think for the second time we watched it, we were like, "Let's do D box." We've right. already seen the movie, right. so yeah, it's yeah, not going to yeah, ruin yeah. our fr- and it's a ride. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I totally get people not liking it because i i went I went and saw it by myself, uh, and like nobody in the theater, uh, virtually for Avengers, because uh, Deadpool's out now, I guess. Right. Uh, so uh, and I had I had uh, some food, and that sucked. Like, oh like, try, no! Like, trying to have like a drink. And, <laughs> There's a, there's actually a super heavy duty cup holder too. Right, like, no shit. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like your your it's drink like spring is spring loaded. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's but if but you can get to this point where if you if you can put the food on the, the seat beside you that's sure. not moving, and take your feet off the floor, and just let your entire body be moved by the film, and and let your brain just accept it and engage with the movement that, and, that's and, happening. And, right. You can get you can get to this weird place of like of like new engagement with the film that is is different and oh shit uh, okay maybe I have to try it again yeah I mean I like yeah it, you know what I didn't surrender myself to the experience that's what you have to do you yeah. really do yeah and and it sounds gimmicky and 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 that's why there's only like three rows at one right. theater yeah. in the city but um I don't think people love it but if you really give yourself over to it I think there's I just, something there oh that's interesting yeah yeah anyway. Huh. Cool. Uh, that's the recommendation for me. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the show. We appreciate you uh, you taking some time. This is a long episode. Taking yeah, some time out of your okay. day. Um, 
But uh, we also appreciate the work that Briar, Chad, Britt, and Seth do on the show every week. Um, couldn't do the podcast without those people, so thank you to them. Certainly. Uh, if you're an Alberta filmmaker, this podcast is for you, um, but it's also about you. So share anything you've got going on with us, and we'll be sure to share it with the community uh, like we did earlier on this episode. So if we got anything wrong, or we missed something, or we mispronounced your name, uh, let us know, because we're always trying to do the best that we can. Um, and uh, we, we can only do that if someone tells us. Mm-hmm. If you have an idea for the podcast, let us know. There's a lot of reasons to reach out, basically. For sure, yeah, saying. yeah. And Don't be scared. We're not, we're not jerks. Yeah, we want to, we we want this to be a, you know, part of the community, and I think we've succeeded at that. But now we've been around long enough that, you know, it'd be really cool to explore some of the nooks and crannies of the of the world here that we haven't really explored. And we are really truly open to hearing about your ideas and, uh, and collaborating Certainly, on something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you have any reason to reach out with this to us, you can do so. Uh, how can they do so, Matt? Uh, you can email us. That's probably the best way. Yeah. Hello at abfilmcast.ca. But you can also reach, reach out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. We are abfilmcast on all of those platforms. And don't forget, if you're not already subscribed on iTunes, you should, uh, or unless you're an Android user. You can still subscribe. You can yeah, SoundCloud, Google RSS Play, feed, yeah, or yeah. Yeah, something, something. And I'm sure there's a five-star opportunity there as well. Give us the most points. <laughs> so We want those internet points, Whether guys. you're Apple or PC, whatever it is, uh, we would really appreciate a, a, a positive review. It helps people find the show, I'm sure, on all the platforms that it exists on. So thank you for doing that. Now, go, go make, make something. something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.